Welcome to the Empowered Lifestyle Podcast, a movement and community designed to help you live your best life and reconnect you back to the things that really matter. Today, we are diving into day four of our Raising Empowered Families Challenge. If you haven't yet learned about it, if you want to jump in and be a part of it, you can go to RaisingEmpoweredFamiliesChallenge.com. Today, we discuss the topic around how we go about rewarding our children. And if you think about rewarding our kids, a lot of the time we end up rewarding them with maybe not great food choices or things that might not be the best Um, example of showing them the love that they truly need. The other thing we we jump into the topic is looking at how you can use stories of when you were younger to connect with your kids right now, whether they're little, whether you've got teenagers and that maybe they're not talking to you as much as you would like, how you can bridge that gap by starting to share and you go first, talking about um, you know, what it was like when you were in high school, what it was like when maybe some other kids weren't making great choices around you, maybe some great choices that you didn't make so that they can look and see that, oh, wow, mom or dad, or you're not you know, this untouchable, you've made mistakes as well. Then they're more likely to lean in on what it is that you have to share and more likely to open up. So really excited to share today's episode with you and looking forward to hearing your takeaways. Welcome to day four. Good to be in front of you all. And um, I was just saying we've had some really beautiful feedback from families having some meaningful discussion and really getting to the crux of what's important and feeling like they're winning because they know that they've got some things now that either partners or children know they're important to themselves or each other and they can start to feel like those things can can be brought into their week and into into their routine, which is really beautiful. And I think it's something, um, you know, when you first learn to walk, you don't get it right. When you first start going to the gym and moving your body in different ways or taking on a new skill, um, it's clunky. It's not perfect straight away. And so just um, celebrate your own wins internally. I think it's so important that your own self-talk is good. And in my experience... um, We are here to go through a journey to ourselves become whole and complete where we can love all the parts of us, all the warts, all the parts of our body, all the emotions, all the things that we uh, would rather people don't see. And to become enlightened is to shine light on all those dark places. And in my experience, uh, our children... Uh, sent to us to reflect those back to us so we get to see them Um, which is quite interesting when uh, you know your child's talking back to you in a certain way and you go to a reprimand or something and then you realize oh no that's that's got nothing to do with them that's that I'm just being mirrored right now and I'm sure you've all had that experience if you've got children where they start saying things and you're like oh my gosh, that's me. And so it's a beautiful journey. So um, when you look at the relationship like that each day and you maintain the curiosity of a child, because curiosity is a beautiful state. Curiosity is where everything's possible still. Everything's magic 
Um, we haven't set up these automated patterns like an old uh, grumpy person who's set in their ways. And so your youth uh, is maintained by keeping a mind that is continually growing, continually exploring. And I think that's really the purpose of what we wanted to put this challenge together for, uh, as well as the course that we've got coming out. Because you can go download a, a curriculum and it tells you do this, teach that, do that. But the whole purpose of what we wanted to do is take uh, parents, parents-to-be, uh, grandparents, aunties, like people who are aware or have some level of consciousness on a journey where they become whole and complete. They have full faith within themselves uh, that they have worth, they have value and that they can be an incredible role model to their children. And, and that's not for everyone because a lot of people, it's just like, how can I just keep them distracted for the day? Mm. How can I, like, for a lot, some people, lockdowns, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I get to spend all this time with my kids. Others, two days in, it's like, I'm going to kill them. I don't know how teachers do this. I just got to get them back to school. Yeah. And there's no judgment with that. Uh, but, you know, we've done a lot of, personal development, spiritual development, business courses, all of that, I kid you not, <laughs> the biggest growth we have had is being under the same roof with our kids for a year. Yeah. <laughs> try, try that on and every single uh, button that you could have pressed gets pressed. Every single belief that you have that's not empowering gets shown up. Um, same with an intimate partner. You know, you can go off and, and meditate and you can, you know, sit under a tree, but true, true growth comes via relationships. Yeah. <laughs> and when you have a family unit where it's tough, it's tough for a reason, anything worth doing has challenge, uh, but it's worth it. And that's what we want to help families take them through that journey where on the other side, there's, there's a strength and a resilience of the individuals, but there's a, a beautiful deep connection of the family unit. And then they're a shining light for anyone who sees that family, where they're now inquiring. It's a friend of mine says, um, who you are speaks so loudly. I don't, I can't even hear what you're saying. In other words, you want to be that inspiration for other, not by going telling them what to do. You're just standing there in your power as a family where others go, hey, how are you doing that? Mm. You don't need to project your values. As we heard um, just recently, I heard this quote, <clears throat> behavior is the highest form of exemplification and communication. And so, yeah, it's one thing saying it and it's another thing doing it. Rachel's just said, my kids have never been to school. My oldest is 13. So that equals a lot of growth. You are. Absolutely. You are ready for, to be... Prime Minister or something like that. If you can live through that, that is amazing. I want to start today by sharing a story with you because um, as more and more people are joining this challenge, they're sharing some of their fears and challenges of you know what what is on their heart right now, and I think one of the common threads is definitely being fearful for their future of their children that for, for the children that they're raising and also how to deal with the emotions of everything as well. And I think sometimes as adults, we can get really stuck. I know I'm so guilty of this myself, of being stuck in my own little world. I've got these things to do, places to be, or this is on my mind or whatever it is. And then I'm actually not 
putting myself in my children's shoes in a certain situation. And so I'm short, I don't hear or feel them. And it's just like, what is your problem? Come on, like this is ridiculous. So this man was sharing, he um, has a, a big company in the US and uh, he was having a board meeting with some of his directors um, just in this past year. And he had them come around to the dinner table. They'd been in a big um, meeting all day, brainstorming, but he brought them home to his family to sit down at the dinner table. And they were looking at um, having a substantial loss, like a $20 million loss in their company. And they were just in full on fire mode, like putting out fire mode. And so that was where he was sitting. And majority of the, the people at the table were kind of the same, but he also had spoken about you know, heart-driven leadership and, and showing up for your team and being there. So the whole family sitting down at the table and they got um, takeaway or whatever in and everyone's eating their meal and his 13 or 14 year old daughter goes to sit down and have her soup and salad and she's like, oh my God, there's a bug in my salad. Like this is gross. And she just was over exaggerating and she kind of burst into her into tears and her dad was like, are you serious? Like there's hungry, starving people out there right now. You've got a roof over your head. This is ridiculous. He just hammered her in front of all of these um, people. It actually gets me emotional because I think, I know I've done this as well. So he, he spoke about, in that moment, it was just like, come on. Like, are you seriously going to get upset over a bug, a caterpillar in your salad? This is, this is ridiculous. And so she stormed off and he continued the meeting. So the next day, he um, was has kind of reconvened with all of his people and was talking everything through about compassion and working as a team. And then it just hit him and he just burst into tears and he realized in that moment, he didn't think to stop and feel what was going on for his daughter beyond a caterpillar in the salad. And he said, guys, I gotta go. I'm going home right now and I need to make amends. So he went home and he just, went into her room and he just said, I am so sorry. Like, I don't know what's going on right now for you. I was not thoughtful. I was not kind. I was not loving in that moment. Can you share with me what's on your heart? Um, Cause he knew it wasn't about the caterpillar, right? And she just burst into tears cause she hadn't seen her friends. She was scared about some things. There was obviously in this current situation that we're living through um, just all unknowns and that was what was on her heart but it was that little thing of a caterpillar in her salad that tipped her over the edge and so we all have those moments with our children whether you've got a toddler whether you've got an 18 year old um, it doesn't matter this the age where we are kind of really quick to react because of our own stuff we're not thinking about anyone else we're in our own world and I remember just like, oh my gosh, I've done that so many times because, you know, when we had five businesses and 40 staff and I've got stuff to do and payroll tax and all these things on my mind, but my little one was upset about something and I just didn't give him the time. And so um, not long after me hearing this story, Zara was just, she's our nine-year-old, the little one that you met was just being downright feral, wasn't she? And if I, oh my gosh, I was just like, what on earth are you doing? And the typical me would have just been like, zip it, go to your room. I'm not dealing with behavior. Come back when you're ready to be a nice person. Um, but then there was that story that was just there. And I was like, so what had happened was 
we saw the moon come up and it was this beautiful big moon and often if we see it we'll kind of let it oh my gosh like there's a beautiful moon out so we'll, we'll go look at it or sometimes we might step outside and so we saw it and then she just went really upset snappy and we just couldn't put our finger on it so I curled up on the lounge and I said honey this what's up like this doesn't feel like you I, I'm not sure what's on your heart right now and she burst into tears because we had uh, a rabbit, a little rabbit that um, she loved to bits and she she died. And Zara always would look at the moon and see Nibbles, the rabbit, in the shape in the, in the moon. And she saw the moon, she thought of Nibbles and she was upset because Nibbles wasn't in our family anymore. And that's why she was behaving that way. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I got to hug her and love her and just be like, I know, honey, I missed her too. And what are some things that you loved about having her in our family? And we got to have this really beautiful moment where if I hadn't have had that awareness, I could have just crushed a little spirit. Now we've done this. We've probably all done this unawares many times until now. But if this story can help shift the way you can hear and feel someone, even with each other, we'll have moments and I know I'm not <laughs> being myself and it could be easy to react vice versa versus check in and be like, is everything okay? And to give them time to kind of sit in that. So um, for us, really being able to feel your little people or big people and be able to give them space and not re be reactive. So many of us are just reactive in the moment and so to be able to just give them a little bit of love and understanding and dig deeper to see what's actually behind what's going on. Because right now there is uncertainty and fear going on in the world. And so sometimes behavior might come from that. We just don't know. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We often don't even know what we're going to say when we hop on here. We I... just kind of... <laughs> I actually woke up about four o'clock this morning and I had these downloads of these stories and things that I thought I could share. And I said, don't forget that one. And I forgot to write it down. And then it just came to me again then. And it was so powerful when I, um, you know, when I heard that man sharing from the heart and just owning his, you know, his part in that. Mm. So, yeah. Well, what that sparks me to remember is... <sighs> I'm not particularly phased if the kids didn't read or write or do maths or something. <clears throat> For me, what uh, what I'd love to create, and, and I, you'll notice every day we're going to go keep going back to vision. Because mm. vision isn't something you do once. What you want to create in your lifetime, that's a, a continually never-ending, improving masterpiece mm -hmm. where you're continually carving and sculpting and adding pieces until you have this just vivid vision of what you'd love to create in terms of do be have and for me um it, it's not the job our children are going to have mm. um it's the person that they are it's the character traits it's the the wisdom it's the knowing it's the awareness it's it's being thoughtful you know helping them uh step into their wholeness uh not having to take a big journey to undo a bunch of stuff that was done through school or well-meaning mentors that projected their values onto them. Mm. So where possible, I'm always looking what's a lesson that we can take from this um, and share a story. Mm. Your ability to share stories, to connect to your children, um, I think is the single greatest skill you could develop. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your story. It could be something that you share 
but looking for that because you think about um, when someone starts telling a story, what did you all do? Did you all start making pictures of your, in your mind about what the girl looked like, what the dad looked like, or what takeaway did they have? I wonder what the table, like you were right there. And so when you start telling a story, it happens. Like I even get goosebumps. It's in our DNA to lean in and hear. And this is what indigenous cultures did. This is how they passed on lessons. It wasn't through books. It was it's through like dream time stories. Mm-hmm. Like every single um, indigenous Australian, every single story has a purpose for being told to teach a lesson, a character trait, something, a value, a value yeah. for the next people. So for you being able to do that, so important. And then I'll often come up, well, what's a little saying that they'll know for the rest of their life. So we're driving back. I remember one day and it was a story like that. And I said, hurt people, hurt people. And I'll just say that and I'll go, what do you think that means? And you just see their little minds and, uh, and just let them go. If even if they're way off track, oh, I like that. that. That could be amazing. What about this? What about that? And you're teaching their mind how to observe things, how to come up with their own conclusions, to try on other perspectives. You know, Zara being smaller, she might see something that's way off. Because, oh, that's not right. Well, maybe it is. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> From Zara's perspective, that could be. So just it's, it's more of an art than a science. <laughs> Of how to do this. Yeah, there's not so, a... But when I mean, we say hurt people, hurt people. Now, I can say that or I'll say hurt people and they'll finish it and then they're like, uh-huh, just a little reminder. God, I'm sorry, Zara. What's actually going on for you? Mm. So, very good. Mm. Um, so, it's, it's quite uncanny. Uh, the day that we started the challenge... Uh, the, the day before mm-hmm. we started the challenge and I love kite surfing. I've been for a kite surf. I got back. Uh, we live by the beach. There's a park next door and there are lots of kids, families playing social distancing, of course. And, um, but there's a road to cross and there's a car park and, um, I'm just kind of washing off and I just hear this blood curdling scream and, uh, People going, stop, stop, stop. And uh, I run out towards through the house and Kate's like, someone's being hit by a car. And so I get out there. There's only one other person with the little boy. And uh, yeah, a Land Cruiser, a four-wheel drive had cleaned up this little boy. And so he, I was there and I'm ex-military and I'm a lifeguard and all that kind of stuff. So I just go into that mode and assessing and helping him and whatnot. I didn't realize he had been run over, like both wheels had gone over him because in his condition, it didn't look too bad. And anyway, I'll, I'll cut to the end of the story because you want to know, he's fine. Yeah. Not a single broken bone, not a single uh, organ damaged. Um, you he know, ran he... out in front of the car. He wasn't looking. It, it was, there was a lot that happened in that, you know, couple of, moments but one of the things that we wanted to share um i'm gonna i'm gonna weave (laughs) a few stories together you think about the first time a child uh falls over what do they do they fall over and they they land on their knee something like that what's the first thing that they do 
pop in the comments, answer to yourself. What's the first thing they do? What a little bit of a delay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right, Jess. They look at you. They look at you. Most people go, oh, they cry. It's a new experience. Their nervous system doesn't know how to interpret what's just happened. But the person who brought them into their world or people they look to go, well, I need to work out what's just happened. They look. And when you're looking back, go, ah, my little boy. They know it's not right. And then they'll reflect back and they'll start crying and going hysterical because yeah. of you are. Um, and so we've always known this and your first reaction usually is, and then we turn into, yay, <laughs> good job, up your pop. Particularly with us having two boys to start with, just full on daredevils, just like, oh my God, I yeah. can't believe they're doing this, but this is awesome. One not particularly coordinated. So, um, <laughs> So having that awareness early, so you set up the patterns of, it's not what you do, it's what you do after what you do. That's another writer downer. Hurt people hurt people. It's not what you do, it's what you do after what you do. Because we're all gonna get hurt, we're gonna make mistakes, we'll be in pain, but if you choose to stay there, that's suffering. And so I'm just recollecting all these little things we've taught the kids. Um, So getting back to the original story, if I can have one good conversation a day where they take a little Goleism, that's our family name, a little like, oh yeah, that's a lesson I can take with me for the rest of my life. They're not going to remember the, I've done some amazing assignments and the kids got them out because my mum kept everything. I'm like, I don't even remember doing that. And I clearly put in a lot of time and effort and coloured it in. I don't remember. You did it. a really good job. I got 20 out of 20. So, <laughs> but I don't remember it. But I remember the little lessons that were an experience and my dad said something. You know, so why don't we start with that going, if we could just pour one thing a week, a couple of things a week, one thing a day, whatever. But if you're aware and you're looking for that, then you're more likely to find it. So back to that story, baby falls, looks up and you're going, yeah. Now, if there's blood there, then we'll deal with the blood and whatnot and they might cry and we're not about not feeling emotions. You've got to allow the emotion. It's not like the worst thing I see, I'm a soccer coach and the, the little boy who gets hurt and the dad's like, come on, don't cry, toughen up. Suck son. it up, yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. right in there, hug, mate, let it out, cry. This is great, you know feel the emotions and then are you okay right what can we do from here so it's another little thing like let people feel their emotions the other thing we see person's upset little child's upset they're sad they're hurt how do we reward them how do we take their mind off it here's a treat people yeah here's a lollipop go get i won't say this go get your anna lollipop so What does that connect in their mind? When I'm hurt, when I'm in pain, when I'm unsure of something, I reach for something to put in my mouth. And that changes that. I look for something outside of me to change my internal state. Food becomes comfort. It sets up so many terrible things. Now I get to my teen years, hormones are going wild, friends are starting to delve into different drugs and whatnot. I'm feeling a bit 
uncertain because it's totally normal. I'm going through a transition that to comfort that instead of talking about how I feel because I've set those up early, it's really easy to go, well, I must grab something to change how I feel. I remember going through a breakup when I was, I don't know, 13 or 14 and going and buying like a family size bag of peanut M&Ms and just eating a lot. That was like my way. Um, but, and I've loved chocolate ever since. We're still working on oh, a shut few up. things with Kate. So <laughs> what I was going to say is... graduated to family blocks of You're Cameron. blending a lot of stories right now. But, but it's all... If you let me I know, finish, no, 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 I'm not going to let together. you finish. It's my turn for a second. Um, when my sister was younger, she uh, had a, some sore ears, some ear stuff going on. She, she went to the doctor, um, whatever happened, and then mum got her a lemonade ice block afterwards. So that was visit number one. And then maybe a week or so later, mum, I've got a sore ear. I don't feel very good. Mum goes to the doctor, buys the, and she gets the, um, he's like, no, I don't think there's anything too much going on. And she gets the ice block again. And then the next time mum's like, what's going on here? And she's like, are we going to get an ice block? And it was just like, <laughs> oh my God, you little, like they are so amazingly manipulative when they know what they want so it's you do have to be mindful of that and it is actually in um in our movie overfed and undernourished it's something we definitely dive big into where you know a lot of grandparents and things they want to be like let's go do something and i think about my grandparents it was all about lollies and ice cream and chocolate and that was how they showed me love but let's get back to you ran out so what i do instead with the children if they're hurt there's something going on to use their physiology. And the quickest yeah. way you can change your state is your breathing. Mm -hmm. And so from if you've got little ones, if you've got old ones, yourself, when in doubt, get back to your breath. Everyone right now, just take or be aware of your breath and be a little bit more conscious and just heighten your breath. Breathe in your nose, to your belly, hold it, let it out. You can add your favorite color to the breath. Breathe that in. Let it go. Now you can move the breath, can't you? You can breathe that color in your nose, circle it around over your skull, down your spine, back up your front to your heart, and let it go. And very quickly, you can change your state. And this, I think, is one of the single greatest skills we can teach our children. Mm -hmm. So the reason I've woven all that in together I'm on the road with this little boy. His legs are a mess, like he's being dragged. There's not a lot of skin on them. But he's in shock. He's like, what happened? He didn't see the car. The driver didn't see him. The only reason the driver stopped is adults started yelling, stop, stop, stop. The car's 10 meters away. And where he first got hit, he's 10 meters on, on the road. Um, and so the first thing I did is I just cradled his neck, and I just looked in his eyes and I'm looking for pupils, looking at cranial nerve damage, that kind of stuff. That I'm just saying, look at me, look at me. And my calmness and my reassurance, I said, breathe in your nose. Because he's like, breathe in your nose. Can you breathe in your nose for me? I kind of just did with him what I just did with you. And I said, do you notice when you breathe, you can control everything? You control the pain's not even there, is it? Mm -mm. And so... I was able to keep him in that state for a good 10 minutes. And, um, and then the ambulance got there. As soon as he saw the lights of the ambulance, he went hysterical. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You think about the associations to a siren, to a flashing light. 
So anyway, I digress. The reason I wanted to tell the story is our ability to help our children realize they are the predominant creative force in their life. Mm. Doesn't mean they're the center of the universe. And that's the key distinction between a boy and a man. You look at boy tendencies. Um, I'm going through it now. Bodhi, wherever you're, you, you're going through it. With my children. Oh. I'm almost out. We're going through it together. She's so cheeky. Just a little dig every now and again. I'm allowed. Wherever he goes, it's just a trail of destruction. It's like a, a hurricane has been through. It's like so wherever, Cyclone Bodhi. Oh, there he goes. And, yeah. He's totally unaware. He's not a bad boy. He's not doing it to annoy us or... No, but yeah. trying to have him go, look at the effect you're having wherever you go. And that's a boy tendency. The difference between the boy to the man is the, the man realizes that he is a co-creative force and that he has an awareness. His job is to go from, maybe touch on this, um, the, the prince to the knight. No. What's the one before? It's, anyway, if we, we uh, okay, let's not bastardize it. But they go through this transition and to become the man is to become the prince to the king. Okay. And the teen is kind of the knight. And then anyway, what you want to be able to do is have them realize that they can create. They can create through their thoughts. They can create through their breath and that how they feel is ultimately up to them. And I can do that through conversation. I can do that with relationships, but I still need someone for that. But the own internal voice that I can have and how I can control my body. Um, and this is what we're really excited to dive into with the course, whether you've just got a newborn and how do we set those, um, those keys up early or we're ready halfway through or we got a teen, but how do we interact with them so that they're wiring their nervous system for success? Yeah. So um, I think if you can have that awareness for yourself around how you might be quick, you might be tired, you've had a tough day, you've seen something on the news and, and that's on your mind and then your kids come in, they want something or they are upset, just to check in with yourself and, and check in and like, how can I show up for this little one right now? Like how, how do they need me right now? And the other thing too, it's okay if you are feeling sad and down it's okay to let them know that you don't need to tell them the whole story, but there's times where I'm just like, guys, mommy's really sad and my heart's hurting and, you know, someone's hurt my feelings or I, I don't go too much beyond that, but I let them know that rather than just putting on this smile and it's going to be okay and being really short or whatever with them. They're very sensitive and intuitive. And often, even if I haven't said something, particularly Bodhi, um, he'll just come up and he's like, mom, are you okay? And he'll just give me a hug and he just knows. So I think it's it's okay to, you don't have to be the tough, it's going to be okay person in their life all the time. Because if you are that and stuff's going on, then they think that's how I have to be. If I am emotional or if I am a bit down, then that's bad and I need to be tougher and stronger. So if you are scared or down or whatever, let your kids see that. It's okay. You don't have to tell them the whole story, but to show them that sharing emotions is an okay thing is a really beautiful gift. Mm, beautiful. Mm. Um, the other thing we wanted to cover today, it's a pretty jam-packed session, is um, 
celebrating milestones. Mm. Uh, and in particular, uh, we've done a lot of work with uh, Dr. Anna Rubinstein around rites of passage. And if you look at every <clears throat> indigenous culture, they'll have uh, a celebration, a recognition, but also a challenge of what it takes to go from being a girl to a woman or a boy to a man. And, um, and we kind of miss that. Mm. <laughs> Not kind of, we do. It was, it was schoolies. It was, you know, all sorts of weird, um, like if you're going to a university, all that stuff there. But instead of being um, honored and uh, creating a circle, uh, this whole concept of taking a, a village to raise a child. Um, so I just wanted to share something that we did for Xavier's 13th birthday. I, uh, I asked probably six to eight of my mates who... Um, we're probably more aware of this kind of work where uh, they've created a strong presence for their children. They've created uh, certain success, quote unquote, in a particular area of life. In essence, people who I would love that if Xavier ever had something going on and he felt like I was not the person to call, he could call them. And I know they would drop everything and be there for him. Chosen uncles. <clears throat> Chosen uncles, yeah. yeah. Not, not by blood. Yeah. And so uh, we live about uh, seven, eight kilometers from a, a nice headland. Uh, and I kind of said to him, mate, um, do you trust me? He said, yeah, I trust you, dad. I'd love to have this incredible experience with you as a celebration for your birthday. But um, it's, it's going to be a bit of a challenge. It's, gonna, it's not going to be easy. And so he's not a runner by any stretch of the imagination, but I had him run and we ran the whole way to there. And they were all waiting on the headland. And when we got there, he was just like, oh gosh, what's happening? And uh, we put him in the middle and I had them, I prepped them to say, um, what are the gifts they see in him? What are the gifts they see? And just to have him stand there and be fully present eye to eye and so they all said that and then they had to share a couple of stories of what life was like at their age. The stories were pretty um, like shoplifting and uh, but it was so good because I know he's got friends who are doing that. I know that there's people in the school. So we're not trying to uh, shelter shelter or, or think wrap that. up in cotton wool like that's there. But this is how these men turned out and this is how they dealt with it, mm. good or bad. And so the stories of uh, warning, this is not how to do it, are just as good. Or the stories of, hey, this is how I dealt with that. And so um, knowing that he can call any one of them. So I use that as an example because if we're becoming more aware of what our children need at different ages, just going, right, how can I set up that village type mentality? Mm. It's naive for us to think that our kids are only going to have us as their source of knowledge and learning and inspiration. And, you know, I, I know when our kids were born, like I, for example, there, um, I had godparents for some of our kids that are not in our children's life and they're, they've got zero influence and, you know, there was a hope that maybe those people would be, but then you start to look at, well, who's got common values who, who would, you know, knows what I stand for and would still support my child if something was to happen. 
And that I think is so important. And maybe for you, there might be one or two people. Maybe they're not physically in your town, but maybe they are a phone call away. And living in the virtual world that we have right now, that um, they, that your child knows that they can pick up the phone and, and talk about things. And, you know, for us, getting back to telling stories um, with, with our elder saviour, I mean, when I look at raising a teenager right now in this world and going like the drugs and the availability of things that are there now that were, I, I had a, I would say a very sheltered um, teenage years, really, when it comes to all of that. And that's scary to me. And how do we help empower him? I don't think there was a person in our school who wasn't on drugs. I, it wasn't other, other than, than me. Yeah. So I, I don't think that you were sheltered. I wasn't sheltered. Just... I just had very clear, I made very clear decisions. Mm. And, um, and that came through story because my, um, I had, uncles that so not to incriminate what do I people. say so, yeah I had um, I had, I was told stories of some of my family members um who when they were younger they you know were doing certain Which drugs one? I'm not saying oh, any names um and and then they kind of went off on a path and never came back and so for me I saw that and I was like whoa that's full on and then I had other examples so mum and dad would tell me stories about that but um in high school yeah, I, I mean, my friends were smoking, doing all sorts of drugs, and I can tell I've never put a single drug in my body. Um, and so that's probably quite rare. And I, and I think it's, again, naive to think, well, our teenagers are just going to be just like by the book and they're not going to try anything. But how do you get them to feel like they can call you in a situation and be like, mum, what a time of the day or night, I just need you to come get me. And just know that you're going to be there um, and not reprimanding them straight up, just being there for them. So our son was going to hang out. He's got this friend that he just loves to bits, just loves him. And honestly, I would prefer he didn't hang out with him. It's not really my personal choice, but when Dave's around him, he's just so happy, loves it. Um, so I'm like, okay. And they were like, look, um, they want to go to the shops and to the movies. And I just have this thing about there's a couple of kids and I'm like shoplifting, doing dodgy stuff. I, how do I share this with Zave but not tell him don't shoplift? So I said, mate, I just, I just have a, I just want to share something with you. And I'm just curious to know uh, how you feel because when I was growing up, I had some really cool friends that I would hang out with. Um, but I remember a time where we went out to the shops and some of them were stealing food and, um, jewelry and stuff. And I just knew it was not right. It didn't feel good. And I, um, anyway, I kind of left, I stopped hanging out with them. Um, and in the, in the end, they ended up getting caught by police and their parents got caught in and they were suspended from school. And so I went into the story and I said, I just, I just want to share that so that, you know, if anything was to ever happen, that, you could, you can always walk away. You can always just call mum and dad. And he's like, yeah. And I said, so if something was like, like that to happen, or you saw some friends doing that, what would you do? And he's like, well, the first thing I do would tell them not to. And then the second thing I'd walk away. And I was like, okay, that's good. And then I was like, so, um, you don't have to give me any names if you don't want to, but have you ever been in that experience before? And he's like, yeah, I have. And I was like, wow. And he said, he gave the name. He's like, such and such um, stole some chewing gum or something from Coles. And I was like, whoa. 
And I said, how did you feel about that? And he was like, not good. I, I told him not to do it. And then I stopped hanging out and I was like, okay. So just having, I was like, I, I didn't want to go in all guns blazing. How do I share a story? Sometimes I might tweak a story a little bit just so I can try and get my message across. But it, it gave us something to talk about where he felt like, okay, mum's been there too. So if we go back just to wrap it up, to set that up, Think about this as a scenario. <clears throat> you bake some uh, muffins, uh, you put them out onto the kitchen counter, go back, do your thing, come back and there's a muffin missing. And there's only one child in the house and so it, it's pretty clear what's happened. And you say, little Johnny, Jill, come here. Um, did you take the muffin that's the first mistake because <laughs> you already know and now you're putting them in a situation where they get to lie or not the second one is yeah they just look so good mum yeah I had one you're such you're so bad that's naughty you're not supposed mistake number two because now you're reprimanding them telling the truth mm-hmm. So whenever your children uh, confess, say something, I did this, I just want you to know how proud I am, how much it means to me that you told me the truth. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for that. So that there. We'll deal with what it was in just a second, but let's honor that. If you can catch yourself doing that, then your children feel like I can come to you whether I've done right or wrong. Mm But if in that first instance, it's like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. Now what sets up in their nervous system, at the end of the day, we we are um, at our basic reptilian. Mm -hmm. We're like animals. It's knee-jerk reaction. This happens. This is the, the shortcut I set up in my nervous system. That means that. Telling the truth means massive pain. I'm never doing that again. So... Again, if we can uh, help people through this journey uh, from even preconception, you know, uh, a big part of Katie's book, Raising Healthy Families in Unhealthy Times, was um, setting this vision for your family before, uh, doing preconception detoxes, having conversations like this on when this happens, how will we do that? Um, it certainly sets you up to win. Now, if you're there and it's like, man, I got three kids who I'm about to <laughs> kick out of the nest. Uh, look at all the ways I screwed them up. That's not the Don't purpose do that. of this. Okay? <laughs> because you can always have the conversation. Mm. You can always reinvest to, to make sure that, that you're building that relationship. So mm. we're covering some big ground here. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you guys to continue to share what your takeaways are. Yeah. Uh, the things that you're doing. We'll put a little action task together, uh, but tomorrow, tomorrow is the wrap up. And so if you have any particular uh, things you'd love addressed, questions you'd like answered, um, please let us know, pop it into um, the, the comments of this or previous um, sessions that we've done so we can make sure that you guys get the most out of this. And then excited to share our vision for the course that we've got coming out for you guys for those who, um, who feel compelled to continue the journey with us. 
Amazing. Have a beautiful day. Have some meaningful conversations and maybe start thinking about some stories that you could share um, you know, with your partner or your children at, at different levels to be able to help them see you know themselves in you and and be able to open up more as well so thanks so much for being on with us today everybody have a beautiful day bye awesome guys so there is day four hope you have enjoyed today's episode and as always we love your feedback so feel free to head over to itunes share a review or a rating Send us a message on our different social media platforms and let us know maybe a question you have, some feedback, uh, maybe a change that you've already made for your family since listening to some of this information. And again, if you haven't yet jumped in, we've got some awesome free bonuses available to you when you join our challenge at RaisingEmpoweredFamiliesChallenge.com. Hope you have an amazing day and looking forward to sharing our next and last day of the challenge real soon. 